0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. It was early in the morning. Mr. Rajabali heard this hum above, and suddenly he heard thud, thud, thud on his roof. And he and the others in the village, this remote village in Afghanistan, You know, climbed outside their homes to see what had hit their homes. At first, they thought they were being bombed. And what they discovered were these yellow packages of food. It was a U.S. military humanitarian mission to deliver food to these remote villages that had been devastated by continual war and violence and an extended drought. It was, in a sense, a love bomb. Well, this morning, we're going to wrap up our series called The Church. We've been exploring what is the church. We kicked off this series by exploring this phrase that Jesus says, that he will build his church. And we did that. We learned a Greek word. This way, in case you ever stop by a late night you know, comedian in their TV or by some TikTok, you know, famous person who says, do you know what the word ecclesia means? You can say, I know the word ecclesia is not really a big churchy word. It simply means a gathering of people. Now, when Jesus says, I will build my ecclesia, this gathering of people, this gathering of people is a gathering of Jesus' followers. Those who believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and believe that what he did for us on the cross by his death and through his resurrection, that what he offers us is true. It is something powerful and wonderful that his love changes everything. We know Ecclesia is just a gathering of people, a group of people who have a purpose together. And we are a group of people, the church is, of Jesus followers who share a purpose together. And that purpose, that 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 you know, primary narrative that shapes who we are. We explored, you know, some of the ways people understand the church, the metaphors we sometimes use to explain the church. And sometimes, you know, we think of the church like a business. You know, the church is like a business, and our primary narrative is one of production. We are to produce. And while the church, we do want to produce things, that's not the primary narrative that shapes who we are. Another way that sometimes we look at the church is like a team. And a team, when it functions well, can win a football game. Sorry, I put that in there. <laughs> when a team functions well, you know, a team, they, they perform. And in many ways, we are like a team. We want to work together. We want to perform well. But sometimes, you know, if we get caught up in performing, it's all about our performance. But it's being a group of Jesus followers gathered together what we call a church is, is not just about performing well well, and it's just not about performing for one another. So then we get to the third metaphor, and this is one that we find in Scripture often, we said, you know, the church really is a family. In fact, Paul writes, you know, that we are all part of God's family, part of God's household. Often, Paul, in the letters that he writes to the church, that he and, and also the apostle John, they would call us, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, children of God and that we understand our relationship with one another is that of a family that God is our heavenly father that Jesus is our brother while he's also our savior and our lord and that this narrative that shapes our gathering as a family is one of presence and again presence not presence like you know you're bringing something to give as a gift but presence your presence my presence us being together in relationship with one another and relationship with our God. As we talked about that, what it means to be a family, we talked about Jesus gathered with his disciples this last weekend in the upper room. And one of the things that he had noticed with those disciples that had been with him for three years is that at that moment, they had proud hearts and dirty feet. And so what did Jesus do? Well, he did the unthinkable, the social norms and customs that he broke because he, the teacher, got down and washed the disciples' dirty feet. And he did that washing of their feet, and he said to them, you know, I'm showing you what this is all about, what it means to be part of this family, this ecclesia, this church, that we serve one another, and we serve all others. We serve in love. And, of course, Jesus gave us the greatest example of serving in love. He served in love. The the God of the universe served in love by giving his life on the cross, by shedding his blood that we could live in and and receive and celebrate his grace, his forgiveness for us. We're called to serve in love. So we're going to pick up uh, now where, where Jesus, you know, continues this conversation with his followers. They're still in the upper room. You know, Judas now has an idea that Jesus is not what he thought he was supposed to be with his family. is not what it's supposed to be about. So he's going to betray Jesus, you know, and now he's gone. And now Jesus has the 11 there with him, and he shares these words. And let's read these words together from verse 34 and 35. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. Everyone will know that you are my disciples because of your love for each other. We serve in love. You now, when Jesus says, you know, a new commandment that I give you, he's not saying I'm giving you something brand new, something you've never heard before, like a brand new pair of shoes. In fact, if you've read the Bible in other places, some of you may know quite a bit of Scripture, you know, this theme of loving others, of loving your neighbor as you love yourself... Is not just in the New Testament, it's also in the Old Testament, Leviticus. You know, we're told to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Jesus, you know, a number of times says, Love one another, love as I have loved you. He tells this parable, this story of the good Samaritan, and talks about, you know, we should love our neighbor. And, you know, this is who your neighbor is, this is anybody who's in need. You know, in several of the Gospels, it talks about these words that Jesus says that we are to love the Lord our God with our entire being, everything that we are, and we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are to love. So when Jesus says, you know, a new commandment that I give you, again, it's not giving us something brand new. Hey, give you guys something you never heard this before. But he's saying, I want to bring this to the forefront. I want you to understand that the primary narrative that shapes who we are as a family Is what? Love. Love. And the love that, you know, the word that Jesus uses here, you know, because sometimes this doesn't quite pick up on this in from the Greek to the English. The word that Jesus uses is a word called agape love. Maybe a love that you've heard before. The agape love is a love that is not looking for something in return. The agape love is not saying, well, you deserve my love, but you don't deserve my love. I wasn't really pointing at anybody in particular, by the way. Um, but that rather it's a love that says, I'm giving to you. I'm serving you because why? Because I love you. Because I love you, I am serving you. And of course, Jesus served in the greatest way. I mean, he served by giving himself for us at the cross. So when we hear those words of John three sixteen, God so loved the world, God, this is how God loved the world. God served his creation in love. And because he loved his creation, he served by giving his son, by Jesus giving his life. So the early followers of Jesus, they understood this. They, and, and they were, understood this, yet they didn't always live it perfectly. So often the apostles would remind them about you know, who we are as a family and how we are called to serve and love. In Romans 12, 10, Paul writes these words. Let's read this together. Be devoted to each other like a loving family. See, I told you, there was family language here. And... That language is it's a beautiful language. I mean, no family is perfect. And even our church family here is not perfect. But we live in and we share the love that our God has for us in Jesus. And we're devoted to one another in that love. We serve one another in that love. And then John, the Apostle John writes these words. 1 John 3.18. Dear children... We must show love through actions that are sincere, not through empty words. So again, the beautiful language that John is using here, you know, saying, dear children. So this, 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 again, this idea, this way of understanding ourselves as a family. And that we are to show love through actions that are sincere. So to understand that, you know, you can serve someone without love. But there's a profound difference when you serve someone with love. You know, I can sit at a restaurant and the person can serve me and they can serve me wonderfully. But if they don't know me, they probably don't serve me in love. They're just serving me and hoping that I give a nice tip. But, you know, if I'm sick and, you know, my wife is going to take care of me because I'm not feeling well. So she makes me some lunch, you know, or the small things we can do for those we love in our household. We do that because we serve them in love. You know, I don't clean up the kitchen because I expect my wife to give me a tip, you know. Give me a tip. I'm going to go out and get some coffee. Give me a tip. You know, it's we serve in, in love. And the same thing as we think about what it means to be a followers of Jesus. Now, the early church, again, sometimes they did this really well. When they first started gathering together, Acts 2 talks about how they gathered together, or, you know, and they celebrated the meal and celebrated God's word and his supper, and they sang together and they shared their resources. And they shared their resources as a way of saying they served in love. But again, things didn't always go perfectly. It didn't take long before issues arose. So let's read about this. This is Acts chapter 6. We've got two slides here. At this time, the number of disciples grew. Greek-speaking Jews complained about the Hebrew-speaking Jews. The Greek-speaking Jews claimed that the widows among them were neglected every day when food and other sins was distributed. So they had this issue of, of you know food being distributed and it didn't seem like it was equal and there were some concerns about look, we're not serving each other in love as well as we could. So what do the apostles do? And well, the apostles are like, you know, guys, you know, we, we have to focus on what we're called to do. We're called to, you know, help serve you by sharing God's word with you. And so they gathered, you know, a few of the others, and the word you know, that we have for like deacon or deaconess is is the word there. It means to serve. And so this is where the guy Stephen, if you know Stephen's story, later on Stephen's going to be stoned and this is the first martyr. But he's called to help serve and wait on tables. Again, not like going out to a restaurant, but to serve you know, those who are part of the family believers, to serve them well in love. So the question is, what does it look like for us to serve in love? We know, as I think about you know you know who and what the church is, it reminds me of a song. It came out April fifteenth, nineteen sixty five. Song um, by Jackie DeShannon. You know she didn't write the song, but she made the song famous. And maybe you know the song. You must not know it well enough because you're not singing it. But it goes something like this: What the world needs now is. Love, sweet, love. I was hoping you would sing with me. You know, yeah, you know what the world needs now is it, it, love. And it's about you know, that's what God has called us to do is, you know, He's loved us and giving us His Son, Jesus. Jesus has served us in love by giving His life for us. And He calls us as His family to serve one another and to serve the world in love. That they will know we are, as the song says, they will know we are Christians by our what? By our love. And that love starts here. It isn't just remain here. We don't keep that love here and say, sorry, no one else gets that love. But we live and share that love here and we carry that love out into the world as individuals and sometimes even as a congregation. So what does it look like for us to serve in love? Well, What it looks like to serve in love is just very tangible ways that we serve one another. And it doesn't have to be big, profound ways either. Sometimes there's small ways. I mean, an example would be a group of guys that came up here yesterday morning to pick up these 20-pound, they were not 20-pound, they were 70-pound sandbags, and put them on the roof because, you know, we got this, like, rubbery roof that kind of floats around, not quite like that, but a little bit, but we've had leaks in our roof. So a number of people showed up, and we got those sandbags distributed. It didn't rain yesterday, nothing leaked, so maybe it's a good sign that we maybe helped take care of that problem. But it's just a small, tangible way that you serve in love. Or the folks who throughout all the growing season have shown up here to mow the lawn and trim the lawn. Or the folks, you know, that, that served in summer Sunday school. We have, you know, grandma and grandpa, we call them, who had summer Sunday school, who also then invited, in, you know, the high school youth to come help and serve in love. We're getting ready to kick off the fall season, and we've got Sunday school and confirmation and our, and our new high school edge group and our adult class coming up. You know, a great way for us to gather and grow together, but it's also an opportunity for us to Serve in what? In love. Because I know they could use a few more Sunday school teachers and helpers in the Sunday school classrooms. And it's a great way to serve in love. Or even when you get some extra people who are watching the, the AV, say, we well, maybe you can help do that. You know, and you know, showing up there and helping to run the slides. It's a great thing for a couple. It doesn't have to be a couple. But it's a great thing for a couple to do back there and run the slides and the sound. It's an easy way to do what? To serve in love. And we serve in love. Again, big ways and small ways. Big ways and small ways. Like Dale, you know, it, when the rain came last week, it really messed things up. So he's in there doing some painting job. If you wonder why there's a white wall whether there should be blue walls, it's not quite done yet. Or the folks who have for a number of, of years, and they had some training just recently, you know, to serve with the altar guild. They serve in what? In love. I could go on and on. There's just little ways, tangible ways we do that. From those who are, you know up front. We see them doing things, the little ways that we serve one another in love. It's also how we serve one another in love when someone is struggling and hurting, when there's maybe a funeral, and so a number was gathered together. We have salads and desserts, and we, and we help serve the family a meal. We serve in love. But that love doesn't also just, you know, again, stay here. We serve in love as we reach out to our community. Again, we have this Drive going on for three of our local schools. We're gathering stuff to the end of August, so you have a few days left. If you want to order some stuff on Amazon, or if you want to you know, make sure you call the church office and let us know if you're on your way to drop that stuff off. But it's a way that together we can do what? We can serve in love. And think about it some ways, too, as we do things together. In many ways, it's like a family. Like a family who's going to do a fall cleanup. You know, if you ever done a fall cleanup with small kids... You know, as a parent, you do this with your small kids, not so much so that they get a lot of great work done, but that they learn to serve and love. Because sometimes you're like, yeah, okay, well, I'm going to come back later on and, you know, finish raking or pull more weeds that missed or something like that. But you imagine a family that would do that. The the parents do that so that together they're serving in love. They're serving one another. They're they're cleaning their place up. And maybe the next thing they do is they get ready for a garage sale. And they're going to teach their children about serving in love as they gather some of their things and give some of their things away. Cleaning out the garage. Now they're getting ready for their their neighborhood fall s'mores party. And they're going to serve their neighbors in what? In love. In a similar way, we have coming up in October. So, you got postcards. This is our kids' zone. That's the Sunday school. On the flip side of that, you can take one of these, put it on your calendar. Trunk or Treat. I know it's October, but like the grocery stores already are starting to pull out the Halloween candy. So, Trunk or Treat's coming up, you know, and it's a great way for us to serve together in what? Love as we serve our neighborhood, our community around us in what? in love because you won't get like 500 plus people that will come and get some candy and a free hot dog lunch and maybe there's bigger ways i mean sometimes some of us have gathered and we traveled overseas and we've gone to poland to be a part of this english camp i love doing it because i love working with our people who travel with it's a great way to grow as we do what we serve in love small ways and big ways and as we do this together This is what Jesus is talking about. We serve in love. We serve in love. And that love, that love is that agape love. That's the love that Jesus has for you and me and the world. Because as we serve in love, the one that we look to is the one who served us in love. The one who served us in love and giving us life for us on the cross. So that as we celebrate and live in that forgiveness that we have in him, that certainty we have, we also serve one another and all others in love. So as I think about you know, this, this new activity year that we're kicking off, usually our activity years kind of like September through May, I think a challenge for us is that we keep coming back to this. We keep coming back and asking ourselves this question, how are we serving each other in love? And for us then, a challenge for us to grow in Jesus and share his love is for us to even begin today to ask ourselves this question, What is one way you can serve someone in love this week? To serve in love as Jesus has served us in love. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for the gift of your grace, your mercy, and love that you have served us in love. Bless us, Lord, as we kick off a new fall season here in two weeks. Bless us, Lord, that we continue to grow in your love and continue to share your love. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.